Welcome to Beyond the Sales Floor. I'm your host, Morgan J. Ingram. And what we're going to be doing is unveiling and unpacking sales playbooks from enterprise sales leaders. In this episode, I interviewed Matt Reuter, Senior Director of Sales Development at RealPage. Now, what we learned in this interview was how to make sure that you can onboard your reps effectively and quickly. And spoiler alert, you shouldn't spread your reps too thin. And we also learned about some red flags that you should be aware of in the hiring process. And this is a big one, how Matt built his pipeline up to 130 million with his team. I promise this won't disappoint. All right, Matt, it's good to see you once again. And we're taking this time here to dive into what is going on with your team at RealPage. I know you've done a lot of great stuff in the sales development leadership space. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. We want to just kick things off with always the interesting question we have here, which is what is an experiment that you're running right now that's been really exciting? Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm very excited for this discussion. I think, you know, one of the things that we've been trying over this, uh, this year, over the last eight months is we've broke we we've typically historically been aligned aligning our SDRs to to a specific AE to a group of AEs covering a certain uh aspect of our business and so far uh this year one of the things that we decided to do was to break up those teams and have one team focused on driving that um you know AE to SDR relationship and and basically doing an account based model within those accounts. But then we've also have this group of product focused SDRs that are running horizontally through all accounts. Um, and what we're actually seeing through this is that those groups were seeing higher conversion rates on those products. Um, and we don't know if that happens, happens to be, you know, the needs within the market, or if that happens to be um, just that the SDRs have one thing to focus on. They get really, really lethal at that one conversation um, and that keeps them from, you know, diluting the conversation or driving it in a certain direction. Um, and then I think we're finding actual business problems that we're solving, which is leading to those higher conversions. You know, I want to unpack that a little bit more because you you think that it's the one thing that they're focusing on. And I would probably believe that that is the case, right? I like to think of it as like, I don't know if you've been to Golden Corral before. Yeah. Or yeah, okay. So like that's how I treat it. It's like some reps are golden corral where they have to know about like twenty different products. Can they do it? Yes, but you don't go to golden corral just to get the ribs. You don't go to golden corral just to get the fries. Like you're like I'm gonna get everything, and they're not the top quality, but you will get everything. And I do believe that if you have that specialization, you can really speak to that buyer, especially in a market right now where people are more cautious. They don't want to buy as many things as they used to. And you can come in and say, hey, no, this is what we do really well, right? It's like, shout out to Longhorns. We go there uh, quite quite often. Like their steak is good, right? That's what they're known for. So you go there for that. You're probably not going to get anything else, right? And so that's like the way that I look at it. And it sounds like that's what your team's doing to get those conversions. Yeah, I think when you take a really early in career sales professional who has to learn sales, has to learn the market, has to learn the industry, the products, you give them one singular, you know, focus and they're, they're they ramp quicker. They're more confident. Uh, their conversations get better. Their questions get better. Their understanding gets better. So we I think we, we tend to find that reps get productive a lot faster when they're focused on one thing. And then we add things over time. So um but yeah, I love the Golden Corral analogy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, if anyone's listening, I've been there forever. It's a good spot, but at the same time, if you want quality, that's not where you're going. We all can agree to that, right? So tell me, tell me about your team, though. Walk me through the 
outbound strategy of your team? Are you account based? Are you in pods? Everyone's different nowadays. So talk to us about that. Yeah, you know we have we have a you know two or three of our teams are focused on the account based model um, to where we are running specific strategies within those accounts. Um, you know where RealPage is a very unique organization in terms of. You know, there's only so many people that own enough real estate to need our, our technology. And so we have to be hyper-focused, personalized uh, within, our, within our outreach and within our approach. Um, and so that's why we have this one, you know, a majority of the team focused on hyper-personalized um, outreach and, you know, finding actual business problems and challenges that we can solve as opposed to you know, just a product pitch or, you know, whatever. Um, and then, like I mentioned, we do have this one group that's, you know, focused on directly calling into one product um, uh, on one product, which, you know, we're seeing higher conversion rates. But, you know, I think that there's still definitely a need for the account based model and for the, you know, a hyper personalized approach. Um, but that's kind of how we have it laid out and structured at this point. For, for clarification, I know when people hear the account-based model, they are like, okay, yeah, you're giving your reps accounts. Who's making that decision? Are you as leaders giving the accounts to the reps? Do the reps get to pick? Does marketing pick? Can they add more accounts if they want to? Great question. Um, we have the account reps, the, the, uh, the AEs, okay. dictating which accounts for them to focus on. Okay. So they're strategizing and meeting once a week to, to take a look at their account base you know, hey, here's my, you know, call it 100 accounts. I'm going to take these 25 very strategic. These are my top 25. And then I'll give these to 75 of my SDR who's, you know, going to do strategic outreach into them. Um, but, you know, again, going back to the unique beast of real pages that our, our relationships are very deep within the accounts. Um, the, the, a lot of our account reps have been here for a long time, have deep relationships. And so, um you know, again, that's why we want them paired with them and then giving them accounts to focus on because there's a lot of different sales cycles that could be happening at any point in time. Yeah, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense in that. Now, now let's say, I don't think this is going to happen often, but I'm curious because I know some uh, SDRs or BDRs or whatever your acronym is in your organization, you're probably wondering, well, what if my AE or account rep picks accounts that I don't think are best fits? Are there Are there disputes that happen and how do you handle these disputes? <laughs> Yes, plenty of disputes. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we typically, you know, as managers, we're directly relying with the uh, with the RVPs that are over those specific territories. And so if there are certain situations that arise, we can always go to them and have an open dialogue about it. Um, but, you know, typically our account reps are are have very good reasons for it, you know, whether it be uh, an opportunity um, that we have open, you know, a conversation that maybe they had three or six months ago and they, they mentioned that we need to, you know, reach out later in the year. Um, so there's usually a really good reason when they're saying, you know, let's hold off on this account. Um, but, you know, we, we also, we don't just line them up with a one-to-one -one model. You know, some of our reps have four or five account reps based on the amount of accounts we don't think of it as the amount of accounts they're assigned, but how many accounts are we allowed to work? You Got know? it. So we, we, that's how we segment it. Okay. No, that, that makes complete sense. You're making sure there's there's no internal fighting. You know that can happen. So we got to make sure oh, yeah. that's, that's not the case. <laughs> so oh. last year, uh, you were able to create $130 million in pipeline. 
And through that, I'm very curious, what are the channels that were helpful to convert those opportunities? Have you seen that change now that we're well into halfway in the year for 2023? Would love your thoughts on this. Yeah, um, man, it's just good old picking up the phone and calling people. Yeah. Um, so it's cold calling is not dead? I don't know. People people are no. still, people are saying no. it's dead, man. I don't know what's no. going on. No, no. And I think that, you know, there's something that we all learned in COVID is that like the virtual world works. But, you know, there's something about picking up the phone and having a conversation with somebody um, that that is super valuable. You know, I mean, even looking at last year versus this year, I mean, we're seeing 60, 70 percent of our of our appointments come from the phone versus email. Um, you know, and we've we've got good personalized emailing techniques. We've made some some strategic investments to get training on that. And we're constantly working with reps on it and stuff. Um but, you know, I, I just I think that, you know, just picking up the phone, being a human being, making that connection. Um, we're, we're doing stuff on LinkedIn. We're doing stuff on, you know, email as well. Um, you know, what's what's really interesting um, being, you know, once I got into I would say I'm a senior director now. So once I got started moving up higher than manager within the ranks, I started to really get pummeled by communication. And I think one yeah. of the main things that I'm noticing in the, in the industry is I get maybe cold called twice a week, but I get a 15 emails a day, you know? Yeah. So it's like the, the noise, you know, everybody wants to get really good at email and focus on the email and LinkedIn and all of that. But there, there's so much noise that happens there mm-hmm. that there's not that much noise happening on the phone, you know, because the it's harder to get the volume. Uh, it's harder for people to pick up. It's easier for them to, to you know, to brush you away. Um, but I mean, I delete ten emails before I get out of bed. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's how it ha- how it happens. You know. Okay, so cold calling was the reason you got that pipeline. So people listening in, it's not dead. You heard it here first. Now I want to talk about. You said breaking through the noise. What are like three to five skills that a rep should be learning right now and implementing in their strategy to break through the noise? Great question. Um, you have to understand that you're reaching out to a person. And I think there are amazing tools out there right now that you can use to scale your activity. But especially when you're reaching out to sales leaders, uh, we are teaching people how to not be scripted and stand out that way. Right. And so like you have, you have to have a clear message and a clear reason on why you, why now, and, and, and why this is makes sense for you to take, take the time. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be a little side tangent, but I get hit up all the time for like 10, $15 Starbucks gift cards for 20 minutes of my time. Not like, a fan. No, I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I'm sorry, but I like I, my 30 minutes, you know, is, is worth more than a $5 cup of coffee from, or $20 cup of coffee, I guess from Starbucks. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I, I think that there are certain instances where that kind of stuff makes sense. You know, like if, if we train the team, like if, if one of your prospects just closed on a new property, send them a bottle of champagne, you know, like send them a personalized video saying, Hey, congratulations. I saw this. I'm sure it went through a bunch of work. Where can I send this bottle of champagne? Do something personal, like a personal gift for something like that. But um, so I think having the, the human approach, thinking about them as a human, what are they doing? What do they care about? How is my how's my product or service going to make their life easier? And then communicating that in a way. 
Um, so I think that's number one. I think number two is understand the business problems that your product or solution uh, helps, right? Yeah. Like in salts, because, you know, there's too many features and functions and benefits going around. And it's, you know, Matt Bachowski, who's, who's my boss, says all the time, like, there's not an executive out there today that woke up wanting to buy software, but they did want to make their business better. Yep. You know, and so if you can approach that conversation with more of a less of a product focus and more of a this is the problem that's going to solve, you'll be way more uh, lethal. Um, and I think the last one is don't don't put yourself in the box of a cadence. You know, like the cadence is there to keep you on track. The cadence is there to help you scale the activity. The cadence is there to not forget about stuff, but. Just because it says to send this email or send it, do it at this time doesn't mean that you have to, you know? And I think it's funny, like I'll have, I'll have reps that come to me and say like, Hey, I'm, I'm not getting a hold of people. And I'll say, okay, you know, I'll use our sales loft platform and pull up the analytics and look at when they're making dials. And it's like, you can see the clear two blocks of the day that they're making dials. in. it's like, yeah. okay, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. So try, you know, and I'm like, pull up my calendar, pull up Jack Weber's or SVP's calendar. Like, look at when our times, when we're available and then build your call blocks around those times. You know, it's early in the morning, it's lunchtime, it's late in the afternoon. That way you're not, again, feeding into the noise. Yeah. So I, don't know, I don't know if that was good. No, I, I think, no, I, I think the main thing is that like, it's about time blocking and it's about being proficient. And I think a lot of people, when they're doing certain skill sets, they're not doing those things, right? And I think that's applicable to any role, especially if in the hybrid role that we're in now. You have to make sure that you're doing those things so you don't get distracted. So you mentioned a couple skill sets that you think reps should be doing. In your interviewing process is that you, you have a, a good amount of people on your team. What are you looking for? And then how do you enable them and onboard them appropriately so they can hit those 30, 60, 90 goals? Um, well, starting with what we're looking for in applicants, like we look for people who, um, we look for optimistic people. This mm. is a very optimistic career path. Um, if you get hung up on, <laughs> yeah. on the one or two people that, you know, get mad at you, you're in for a very long career. So we're looking for optimism. We're looking for external drive. We're looking for people who are, you know, are driven and have a history of being driven. You know, like I share this all the time. I was, I think I was in fifth grade. I had a fish tank and these fish started overproducing and I had a ton of fish. And I, this was back when Craigslist was a thing. I was selling <laughs> scoops of fish for 20 bucks off Craigslist. And I was making like a hundred bucks a week, you know, but like that, that's the kind of stuff that I want to know about. Like, what do you have a history of selling? Do you have a history of trying to think outside of the box and trying to, you know, do that kind of stuff? And then honestly, just somebody who's focused on learning, you know, like you will not have a long career in sales if you're not constantly feeding yourself full of information externally, you know, right. like there's just so many channels like this that you can learn from. Um, and so I, we always ask people like, Hey, what's something that you've had to learn? And how did you teach yourself that? Because I think that's an incredibly important skill in sales, being able to be able to learn something and then regurgitate it in a way that everyone can understand. Um, you know, that, that can be super, super powerful. 
when when you're thinking about once they get onboarded, let's say the 30, 60, 90, how can you tell when they're going to be a really good rep versus this person is not going to be as good as I thought? Honestly, the amount of questions that get asked okay. in the process, uh, the attention to detail, um, you know, if I find some, if I find a rep that I'm having to constantly go over the same exact topics over and over and they're just not quite clicking, uh, you know, that can be something. I think people who are, who want to just show up, punch in, punch out and, and leave, you know, and um, I, I see that. And then honestly, I get a lot of feedback from the other managers that they support, the account reps, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've done what I think a pretty good job building internal relationships with the reps that we support, which will give me that very candid feedback. But I think, you know, they get paired up with, with reps all the time and, and they, they themselves have worked through the program and know right. what to look for. And sometimes there's no better feedback that you can get than from those guys and ladies that have raised through the ranks and, you know, can tell you like, Hey, I just, there's something about, this that's not clicking yeah 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 i i that's a huge sign it's like the more that they're progressive with their questions the more that they're asking those are things that are going to be incredibly important so let's then ask that question around okay you have someone asking a lot of questions that means you're gonna to have to be able to coach them appropriately so you've hit a lot of goals where you've hit over 100 percent and things of that nature in the past year what are the coaching techniques that you are doing yourself and what are you telling your other leaders to do to make sure that people, when they do ask these questions, you're giving them the right coaching so they can be successful. Yeah. Um, we have to inspect what they expect us to inspect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's, deep one to talk to. That's us. a Matt, Matt Buchowski phrase right there, but it's, it's so true, right? Like if they, you have to, you have to know their business as much as they do. And you have to be able to say like, Hey, you know, you've, you know, we, we say it all the time. Like if, if everyone did their jobs, right, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have jobs. And so, you know, you have to constantly get in the weeds with them. You have to dig through stuff, you know, Hey, you only connected to five people this week. Okay. Why? How many cell phone numbers have you called? What times are you calling? Who are you calling? Right. Are you switching up the times you're calling? Are you only calling? You know, how many email steps have you skipped? When you're sending the emails, what's the content look like? What are the subject lines? What's the call to action? Um, you know, are you providing a scheduling link in there? Are you? There's just all these little nuances that if you just unpack that with everybody and you inspect everything, um, then you'll see that quality, you know, start to lift. Um, but I think one of the things that with with my leadership team that we're we're constantly stressing is, you know, in in the SDR role, it's my philosophy is we we have two products: people mm -hmm. and pipeline. And if the people get um, to where they need to be, the pipeline will follow. And so all we do is centered around training and development. So, you know, I would say 80, 80% of what we do is training. We train every single day. We have sales scan. We, we have what we call skill mills where we're training Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We're training on just objection handling, email replies, subject lines, like you name it. Um, Thursday will be some sort of a product type training, uh, or, or, you know, industry focused training. And then Friday we have what's called tactical session and it's an hour time block. It's, it's an optional meeting for the reps. 
bring a call uh, call recording, bring an email that needs replied to. Let's all kind of brain think it, yep. um, which has been really helpful. Um, and then we have just a consent, like consistent onboarding program all the way through until they get promoted. Awesome. I love the, what you said, skill mills is what you call that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just 30 minute sessions, right? Like objection popcorn, you know, just random things that you can do. Um, just to get the juices flowing before everybody, you know, jumps out on your phones. I love that. I feel like that those sessions don't happen enough and that continuously enhances everyone in the organization, gets people excited, hear things that maybe you haven't heard before. I remember when I was an SCR manager, we did something similar to that. It was once a week on Thursday, we would do something takeaway Thursday and we just would do sessions like that to get people prepared. So as we, as we wrap all this up, what's like your one piece of sage advice here you've led a lot of sales development teams you're really deep into the outbound strategy that you'd recommend leaders start looking at to refine their outbound techniques strategy and how they're going about their cadences right now something i'm incredibly passionate about is practice okay and i say this all the time right like everybody's seen by now the last dance yeah i would hope if you haven't i don't know what you're doing if you haven't you're yeah you're and you're in sales you're missing out um but if you think about Michael Jordan and you think about the level he, at which he was able to achieve, Kobe Bryant, another great one, right? Mm-hmm. You look at those, at those two guys, they didn't practice their free throws during the game. They were in the gym till 5.30 practice, or, you know, not 5.30, later than that, right. practicing every single day so that when they got to the game, they made the free throws. And I think there's way too many SDR teams that practice during the game. And then their conversion rates are lower, their opportunities creation is lower, everything's lower because they're not at 100%, you know? And so value and put a lot of time and focus on the practice and you'll see the results be the way lifted. I love that. I think that's great advice. Yeah, you don't, if they were practicing in the game that's not going to work. You're going to get absolutely obliterated. And that's not, they didn't do that. So that's why they were able to win. So Matt, appreciate your time here. Thanks so much for the great advice. And uh, we'll see you on the next one.